Howdy folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Utari and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that is devoted to spiritual growth. And when I'm talking about spiritual growth, what I'm referring to is growth in our relationship with God and in our relationships with one another. What I'd like to do today in this episode is pick up from where we left off yesterday pertaining to a statement that Jesus made when he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they, they will be called the sons of God. Now that statement that Jesus made, you can find it recorded in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. And when Matthew recorded some of the teachings of Jesus, What he did in his gospel is he put together kind of a best of. And so the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, the listing of the Beatitudes, the blessings, are really some of the best ofs in the teachings of Jesus. So when a person reads Matthew chapter 5, you're actually looking at a prolonged period of time. And the statements that Jesus said when he said, blessed are, and then he goes on to fill in the blanks, each one of those is like a separate message of them by itself. And so, as I said, we're looking at the best of. And so one of the best of messages Jesus delivered was when he said, blessed are the peacemakers. And that word blessed, as we looked at before, indicates An abundant supply, meaning an over-the-top provision where people actually take notice and say, what's that? Blessed are the peacemakers because they, they will be called sons of God. Interesting. That statement, they will be called sons of God, indicates that they would be like replacing another whole crew that had been known as the sons of God. The rulers, as it were, over areas. Huh, interesting. Those rulers, those entities, those beings that rule over territories were known as, have been known as the sons of God. Angelic beings that rule over areas. The sons of God. Jesus is saying, blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be known as the sons of God. Meaning, 
they will be the ones that will have authority over areas. No longer the other beings, but these elevated people who are born again, filled with God's spirit, citizens of his kingdom, and co-heirs with Christ in ruling and reigning. Powerful statement. There is going to be a change of the guards, so to speak. A changing of the guards. The peacemakers were going to take over where the sons of God used to be. And they will be known as the sons of God. Elevated above them because of their ability to make peace happen. Once again, not a peace treaty, not a ceasefire, not an arrangement that people agree to disagree and just stuff everything under the, you know, shove everything under the carpet. No, man. He's talking about bringing about God's peace. The peace that God walks around with in his being. The settledness, the security, the confidence, the love the joy, that righteousness, that peace, that peace that contains presence. It's so strong that it permeates an atmosphere. Like Jesus looking at the wind and the waves when they were about to be swamped. Jesus looks at the wind and the waves and says, stop it. Like he's talking to a group of kindergartners saying, settle down. And he took authority. And they obeyed him because he was the son of God. He had come to demonstrate how we are designed to function. <laughs> he has come to show us how we are designed to function. We have an elevated position, and it's important for us to understand how to walk in that and what it's all about. We are called literally to change the atmosphere, the presence of the atmosphere, the things that make up presence. When someone walks into a room, you can feel the room presence either swallow them up and bring them in, or it changes because of what they're bringing in, the presence. Well, the presence of peace comes from the Prince of Peace, the one who possesses peace, who doesn't have to try to get peace, but has peace all the time. All the time. God does not ever not have peace. He always has peace. That's the peace that he is providing, where things are no longer in chaos, where relationships are no longer divided, where there's a unity that is more than uniformity, more than just having a consensus, but literal heartfelt unity based upon the Spirit of God, joined together like Jesus joined with the Father, inseparable, us being inseparable with God and inseparable with one another, making that peace happen, where our households become households, where the kingdom of God is manifest, where you can feel God's presence. And we talked about it happening to us individually because that's where it has to start. If we don't have peace, we can't deliver peace. Kind of like John Wesley coming to America from England and 
cunning as a missionary, even though he didn't know Jesus personally. He had a heart for missions, but he had no peace inside of him. And so his missionary trip to America failed miserably. That was a good thing because when he went back to England, he sat down dejected, walked into a humble little chapel, and someone delivered the gospel in a very clear way, and he was converted into his faith in Jesus Christ at that moment, and everything changed from there. Thus, we have the Methodist Church that's alive and active this very day that was spawned and birthed by Charles and John Wesley, the two primary individuals, because they had peace inside, and then it spread from there. So, if you are a carrier of the presence of God, because you're born again, you have access to the peace of God being manifest in your own life. And if it isn't, it's because either you haven't been taught how to access that, or now you are being taught how to access that. And it's brand new because this is all brand new to you. <laughs> how do you access it? By asking by believing, and by acting on what you know God has told you, point blank, period. Say, well, how do I know what God told me? He will make it clear to you. This comes from God. This doesn't come from people, but it comes by asking. It comes by receiving. It comes by believing, and it comes by action, which is obedience. Obeying what? Obeying what you know God has spoken to your heart. Say, well, I don't know if I know that. Well, then ask him to help you. He loves you. He knows your situation. He knows your condition. He will help you. I don't care if you're a leader and you've been doing this for 15, 20, 30 years. doesn't matter. God will help us because he knows us. And there is no shame in a person growing. <laughs> I'm 63 years old. I look to grow or learn something new every day. Every day. Every day. What someone has known for years is new information to me today. Why would I want to feel ashamed when I can feel liberated because I'm receiving the truth? Or be shamed because I haven't received it up to this point in time. That doesn't bring any peace. <laughs> that doesn't make any peace. But literally to be a peacemaker, to be able to speak to the wind and the waves, both the exterior ones and the interior ones. To have that ability is a powerful thing, so much so that people will have to say, these are like the, wow, they're like the sons of God. They have power, they have authority, they change the atmosphere. Salvation comes when they come around. I know a guy recently who was having a difficult time in his family because one of his daughters had gotten involved in witchcraft. And she was more than dabbling in it. She was actually practicing it. And as a couple, they were believers in Jesus, loving Jesus, but 
previously they had lived a kind of a rough life and didn't really give that much of an example to their kids growing up. So even though they were born again legitimately, filled with the Holy Spirit, their previous life had left their kids looking at them very, just like they didn't really believe anything that was coming out of their mouth because they thought their parents were kind of like, uh, you know, just druggies. <laughs> Drunks and druggies. And uh, pretty much anything goes. Well, things changed, but it takes time for some people to see that change. And sometimes that's what really it's all about. People are reading us. They're not reading a book. They're reading us. We are the only book they're reading. We're the only Bible that some people read is us. What we do, what we say, that is what they see. Well, this couple were really concerned about their household situation. Here's my point. They were concerned about their household situation because they had peace inside of themselves. They were they experienced the salvation, the wonderful, liberating, saving grace of God and were born again new creatures, new creation, baby. <laughs> and yet their home life, it was good, but it was stiff, uncomfortable, and also it was really a double standard or a dual thing going on. They were worshiping God. The other person was involved in worshiping other things, literally. Like, what should we do? And the Lord spoke to their hearts and said, ask me to make my peace known in this place, in this house. Literally, literally, ask. Ask me. Ask me and then declare it. Declare the peace of God out loud with your mouth. Declare the peace of God in your house, on your property. Declare the peace of God and then walk around your house and give me praise. Fill the air, fill the atmosphere with praise out loud. You can sing, you don't have to sing, but speak my name and praise my name and speak peace and declare it and ask me to manifest it and I will. Then be patient. So they did. Well, the report is this, that their daughter, who was involved, not heavily, but involved in witchcraft, one night sat down with this couple, and they and they together watched this silly, not silly, back up, they watched this movie called The Most Unlikely Convert. It was the life of C.S. Lewis. And powerful. And it spoke to this young girl's heart. And then they happened to watch another movie right behind it, and it was called If I Can Only Imagine. Or I Can Only Imagine. I Can Only Imagine. And the movie itself, the story, it, 
it. God used a movie to touch this young girl's heart, softened her heart, broke her heart. The whole atmosphere changed. The Lord entered into her heart, into her life. Like C.S. Lewis said, on one occasion, he goes, I went, <coughs> excuse me, I went to this place not believing that Jesus was the Christ, and I left there believing that he was. And it wasn't an earth-shaking emotional experience. It was just like I was asleep and now I'm awake. I love it. We can't match or share experiences and expect everyone to have the same one, but you can't deny an experience. You might be able to argue doctrine, but you can't deny an experience. And the experience of peace came and touched that young girl. Well, the change is in motion. Praise God, a household. From Acts chapter 16, again, this household dynamic. If it's going to be in our heart, let it be next in our house, right? In our house. The circle, the pebble drops in, there's one circle, and there's little ripples that go up. Yeah, man. The next ripple is our household. Let's believe for our household. If we want to see our communities impacted, it happens one household at a time, and it should start with our household. So, in Acts chapter 16, we find a story pertaining to Paul and Luke at Philippi, a city called Philippi, and as a result of a power encounter where the Apostle Paul looks at this woman who is demonized and is used as someone who brought people profit because they were a fortune teller, divination. Well, Paul cast the spirit out of this woman. The Lord did, but Paul was the man who spoke it. The town got in an uproar. You know how things can happen? One thing leads to another. Pretty soon there's a crowd. Then the crowd gets kind of a mentality, crowd courage. Pretty soon it's a mob mentality. Well, the mob mentality took over and they threw these guys in prison because the Romans didn't want any commotion and they were the ones in charge. And so this group in Philippi had made the commotion. The Romans said, we're not going to have any of this. They threw these guys in jail after they beat them with rods. And by the way, beating with rods is not just someone getting tapped on the shoulder or on the back a little bit. That's literally giving someone a hard whack like 39 times with a thin rod that's got little spikes on it. That literally is used to pummel a person's back into it being like raw hamburger. Beating with rods is different than being beaten with a whip, but it's pretty equivalent. They were beaten, thrown in prison, and while they were in prison, they were praising God, of all things. And as they were praising God, An earthquake took place and all of the chains of the prisoners fell off and their doors came open and the jailer was about ready to kill himself because he knew that if they all left, he was going to be executed brutally. He wasn't going to have that, so he was ready to commit Harry Carey suicide, you know, Paul shouts out, stop, don't do that. We're all still here. No one's left. And Paul 
and Luke preached the gospel to the man, he gets saved. And Paul explains to him what he needs to do, and he goes, you do this, and you will be saved and your household. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Look it up. And your household. Stuff happens in households, folks. Well, that jailer went back to his house, told the folks what had taken place. The Holy Spirit falls in the house, strong, meaning his presence was manifest. When I say falls, his presence was manifest in a strong way, made known in a strong way. And his household got saved. Well, when a household gets saved, the community is next. <laughs> because true salvation can't be hidden. It functions in a way that is so unique. It's the kingdom of God that has come and manifest, or the kingdom has been manifest and it's growing. And when God's kingdom manifests, that's when miracles, signs, and wonders follow. Because the presence of the Lord, when manifest, brings with him his giftings, his miracles, his signs, his wonders, his kingdom manifestations that can only come as a result of his presence. Because where the king's presence is, there is the kingdom. And where his ambassadors go, there goes the kingdom. Just like if a, ba if a person from the United States, who's an ambassador of the United States, goes to Canada. When they go to Canada, their embassy literally is like a little piece of America. They take America with them wherever they go. Wherever we go as ambassador to Christ, we bring the kingdom with us, as it were. The kingdom expands as we go and as we obey. There's a word obey. What's the formula? There is no formula. But if there were a formula, the formula is this. Worship, listen, and obey. Worship God. Not out of compulsion, but out of love and devotion, out of real relationship. Listen. Learn how to be quiet. That comes with peace. Where all the commotion inside of us can quiet down, like that deaf person. Person born deaf, so they didn't hear any outside noise at all. But when the presence of the Lord came in one particular meeting, strong, the person signed these words, my, it's so quiet here. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you are deaf or if you have hearing, we all have commotion going on inside of us. And when that commotion stops, it is so refreshing. To be able to listen is so refreshing. To have that voice inside of us stop for 10 minutes <laughs> and listen and be able to hear God whisper is so refreshing. To obey, to literally want to be obedient and have the opportunity to be obedient is so refreshing. 
Because disobedience brings pain. Disobedience brings pain. Just ask someone in jail. Disobedience does not bring pleasure. Rebellion brings death. Because rebellion brings sin, and sin brings death. Life comes from the source. That's God. He wants to impart his life into us so that we would share things that intimately. Life. Our life in him, his life in us. You can't get any closer. That's what the desire God has. That's God's desire. That kind of love. That kind of closeness. That kind of understanding. That kind of security. You know how secure God is in himself? He's so secure in himself that he's holy. He's complete. He's peaceful. He's complete. There's no lack. Abundant. Complete. He doesn't have to have any other gods before him because there are no other gods ahead of him. He doesn't have to take his name casually or use it flippantly because he knows what his name is worth. He doesn't have to worry about committing adultery. He doesn't even think about it. These commands that he's given to us about don't covet, don't commit murder, don't take the name of God in vain. All of these things God does naturally, meaning he doesn't do them naturally. It's not like he has to say that. That's what he wants from us. He says, these are things that you don't have to do because if you follow me, you won't do them. That brings peace. That brings joy. That brings righteousness. That's the heartbeat of God for us. That we would walk with him, like him, be together, having fellowship, having real relationship, sharing your heart, sharing your desires, your fears, sharing yourself, and walking close. That's the heart of God. And for us to share that and make that happen in our communities, wow, in our households, come on, in our personal lives, yes! Ask, seek, knock, those things. The asking part is important. And then trying to remember what you asked is also important because when the answer comes, being thankful is also important. Let's pray. Father, thank you for calling us into a place of being peacemakers. That's powerful. That is astounding. Really it is, Lord, that you'd use us to do that. 
But you don't want us to say that anymore. You want us to walk and not reflect on who we aren't or why we're not, but who we are and where we're going. And so you've called us to be peacemakers. We are peacemakers. We make peace where we go. And I thank you for that because you have placed us in a spot where we can influence nations. But right now, our households, Lord. For those who have households that are in turmoil, I pray shalom, peace. Peace be to this house. Uh, there would be obedience, Lord, to your word, your promptings, and that people would find shalom in their houses, and their house could become cities on a hill that can't be hid, Lord. Things that are beautiful for others to be drawn to so that there can be salvation and your name will be glorified across the nations, Lord. I thank you. Thank you for those in Kenya. Thank you for those in Pakistan, Thailand, Canada, Mexico, America, Germany, France, Australia. Thank you, Lord. We pray your blessing on these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, I love you. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, please feel free to drop us a line at lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. We'll get back to you in the meantime. Adios, amigos. Thank you.